What's up, everyone? Welcome back to episode 30 of Track Talk Podcast. We are your hosts, Emma and Hannah. And today we are joined by a very special guest. You've seen her on TikTok. We've talked about her playing on this show. The gal who became known for her Get Ready With Me IndyCar style videos, but now uses her platform to spread the knowledge about the realties of being a full-time dental student while also supporting her IndyCar driver boyfriend. We are so pleased to welcome the tooth fairy, Katie Samuel, the Track Talk. Welcome, Katie. Oh, well, that was a great intro. This is so cute. Katie, welcome to Track Talk. Thanks for having me. This is my first podcast ever. I'm like geeked out over this. This is so cute and so much fun. I like, I think just to get right into it, we met through TikTok, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think just like following each other on TikTok. And I know I geeked out when you said that you were a fan of us. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I was like, we're a fan of you. Uh, like, guys, I literally listened to your podcast. What do you mean? You know who I am? <laughs> did you come across us on TikTok or like how did? Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure it was just like one of like your videos where it's not like it's pretty much like you could see you guys talking. I was like, ooh, and I was just like listening to you guys talk. I was like, okay, follow. <laughs> oh my god. So, well, we're so happy because now look at where we are. And then I got to meet Emma in Toronto. Like mm-hmm. that was just been crazier. Where was I? I know I was working. That sucks. I know. <laughs> Next year. Next, Next year. year. It'll be great. Hannah's going to take more of a lead on this little track talk featuring Katie episode. She's got questions for you. It's so funny because usually Emma, who sends me a document, is like, this is what we're talking about. But this week I was like, nope, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I literally said I was born for this. <laughs> um, okay. So starting from the very beginning, motorsports. How did you get into motorsports? So it was actually like the summer after my junior year of college. I was like home in Miami completely by myself. I was actually pre-med while I was in college. So I was studying for my MCAT at the time. Mm-hmm. And then just sitting alone in Miami, of course, F1 and like Drive to Survive were blowing up on TikTok in the US at that point. And my dad used to watch motorsports when I was a kid, but obviously like I was too young to really know the difference. I knew it wasn't NASCAR because I like as I got older, I could tell the difference between a NASCAR and then like Formula One and IndyCars that kind of look very similar. So as it was blowing up, I was like, what is this? And I kind of just, of course, like the little racing clips that are literally 15 seconds. I was so intrigued. So, of course, I just started looking into it, getting into it. The drivers were so funny. So, of course, that, of course, hooks you in. And then as I started watching it, I assumed that this is what my dad had been watching the whole time because of the cars look similar. Yes. So then I started watching races. Of course, I fell in love with the sport, got really interested in racing because like I was never really into sports. Like I did cheer and then I would watch like my college football games or basketball games, like American football that I actually ever watched and was kind of interested in, but not like diehard, really interested and passionate about. So then I started getting into F1 and then I got into IndyCar because Dev's best friend who was living in London at the time, he was like a GT driving for McLaren, but he was living in London. He came up on my TikTok for you page. This is kind of like going short of how I even met Dev, but like he came up on my for you page. I commented like something stupid on his video because I was just like, McLaren, Daniel Ricardo, hey. <laughs> So, so from there, like me and his best friend became super close because he is pretty much like an older version of my younger brother. They're very similar. Instantly like hit it off, became really close. And then he was also from Miami, introduced me to Dev, who introduced me to IndyCar, got into IndyCar, and then soon come to find out that my dad had been watching IndyCar when I was a kid and it was never F1 to begin with. So it became a whole full circle moment. Wow. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like 
when I think about it, I was like, you were watching IndyCar the whole time and I had no idea what IndyCar was. So your dad now, does he love that you're dating an IndyCar driver? Yeah. As soon as like I introduced him to Dev and was like, oh, by the way, I'm like, I kind of have a boyfriend now. And like, I told him who he was. He was like, I watch the IndyCar races all the time. Like, <laughs> I used to watch AJ Foyt in the 500. I was like, uh, <laughs> whoa. It was just like a weird moment. I was like, like, this is just, it was one of like, almost everything happens for a reason type of scenarios where I was just like, is this really happening? Like, it was just mm-hmm. such a weird coincidence of events that it was just like, this is so weird. So then that's how you met Jeff. Yeah. His best friend. Okay. And how I also discovered what IndyCar even was. And this was your first season on like traveling mostly with Dev, or were you there for the 2022 season as well? Yes. So it was going into my senior year of college. So when Dev's best friend that was living in London came back to Miami, he introduced me to Dev around like literally beginning of September. And this was when Dev was doing his first IndyCar test. And then we all like just were friends. Dev and I eventually started dating that following March. But I went and saw him when he raced in the Daytona 24-hour, like, Rolex race. Mm-hmm. Um, he was with – that was when I met Colton and Pato for the first time. So that was in Daytona. But then I couldn't really – I went to St. Pete because I was in Miami. So St. Pete wasn't that far. But I missed essentially almost the whole first half of the 2022 season because I was still in college. Mm-hmm. And then after my graduation – it was May 13th. I graduated. I like saw my family, got on a plane and went to Indy and then was just like in Indy for the whole rest of May and then got to go to all the summer races. And then, yeah, I pretty much was there essentially the whole second half of the season. And then it's weird because now this year I was there for the whole first half. And then once I started dental school, I couldn't really go to the second half. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you went to University of Miami? Yes. And then you applied to dentistry. And where are you doing dentistry school? So I graduated U Miami in 2022, and then I took a gap year. So essentially, I was just home because how I was an engineering major in college. So how our curriculum was kind of set up, where if I say I was like a regular bio major, I was able Mm -hmm. to take my certain exams and certain classes in time to just go straight in. But because I did engineering, I was kind of set back a little and I couldn't take them in time. So I had a whole year off where I was just working, studying, like getting shadowing and observation hours done. But now I started dental school at Indiana University School of Dentistry in Indianapolis. You were in school for engineering and then you decided dentistry? I did biomedical engineering. So I kind of always knew I wanted to go into healthcare somewhat. I was pre-med, but I wasn't really, like I knew pre-med, but I never really discovered dentistry until senior year. And I looked into that, completely fell in love with it. There was like a whole backstory with my grandpa of like how I really got inspired to look into it. So that was when I really switched, which was very late, technically, for a student to switch senior year of college. But it worked out. Okay, so then back to like motorsports. So you were watching Formula One and became obsessed with Formula One. Dan mm-hmm. Ricardo is your driver. Is that yeah. it? Or like, who's your team? Oh, so I will say, obviously, when I started watching F1, fell in love with Danny Rick fully because his personality is just incredible. Like, how could you not love Daniel Ricardo? Loved McLaren. Like, have, oh, I still have McLaren stickers all over my laptop. Um, I, it was really literally just McLaren Ferrari, like, but of course being a Ferrari fan is just so torturous. Oh, you're preaching to the choir. I will always love Ferrari, but watching it is just sometimes so painful. So at this point, I'm just like, I support my drivers. (laughs) I support my drivers. So the news about Danny Rick coming back for the 2023 season. I screamed. (laughs) 
And now he's, again, back for AlphaTauri for next year. I'm so excited. Do you, I know because you go to a lot of indie races, obviously. Do you mm-hmm. plan to go to, like, any F1 races with Dev to watch them? Um, I actually don't know. So the only race that I've ever gone to, like, F1-wise, was the Miami Grand Prix last year. And that was, like, his Dev and his whole family got to go. So we all went. It was insane. But then, of course, I was there and I was like, uh, his, so Dev is actually sponsored by Kamoa, which, mm-hmm. who, like, the company I worked with, Fernando Alonso. So he actually... Got to go in the paddock, like see everyone. He knows a lot of them from his childhood. But mm-hmm. of course, I was like, "Can you find Daniel Ricardo and get him to sign my hat for me, please?" And yeah, of course, <laughs> of course it gets very awkward. He's like, "I can't really be like asking people I know just like for signatures. That can be a little creepy," which I totally get. But that was the only race I've ever been to, and I loved it. I would love to go to more, but I know the U.S. races are just absurdly expensive. Like Vegas is so ridiculous that so many people won't even be able to go no it's so ridiculous i would love to go to coda i would love to go there um okay so you said that you were with dev for the majority of the first half of the season this year and then you started dental school obviously um what were your highlights from the season like i know you have so many i saw your tiktok but like i'd love to know if you yeah, there's just there's so many like random moments that are just like insane like obviously like going to Long Beach for the first time was a lot of fun because I did get to I didn't get to go to Long Beach last year I did go to Laguna Seca last year and it was beautiful there so of course going to Long Beach was super cute like of course they had the whole 100 days to indie premiere like that was so much fun to go to but I think like like just purely racing wise I think definitely the indie Grand Prix the I think they had the road course when it was like beginning or like second week of August like, it was just, like, a great weekend for Dev the entire time. And it was just finally, like, oh, my God. I, I had out-of-body experience. Everyone was messaging me. And, like, yeah. when, first, when we took leave, everyone was messaging me, like, are you breathing? No, I was not. <laughs> I was not breathing. It was just, yeah. like, a great weekend overall. It was short-lived. But it was still just, like, oh. Well, I mean, yeah, great. that was the race when he, like, pulled off that crazy move to take yeah. the lead if you've seen it like the indycar pit boxes it's kind of obviously it's very different from how f1 garages are set up but essentially it's like obviously everyone has their own little box spaces but you'll have your engineering stand on one side and then obviously all your tires are lined up with all the guys ready to go and then you'll have on the opposite side some drivers and like some teams will have a little stand with tvs so everyone that's in the pit can watch the tvs but i was standing by dev's engineering stand like recording when he like went flying past so of course I missed the whole first corner and I saw everyone on the opposite side of his pit box screaming but then I knew I think it was I don't know if someone I don't remember I'm like blacked out from that whole first lap I think it went to it was a yellow flag so I I recognized that it was yellow so then I went running over and everyone was like is he through because like you couldn't see what happened on the first lap and then they showed the replay and I was like but then of course it was the yellow flag so they had to do the restart all over again and I was just like in the corner like I'm gonna throw up I'm gonna throw up I'm gonna throw up <laughs> that was definitely like a highlight I feel like just being at the speedway in Indiana is such a different feeling than other tracks because it's obviously one of like the greatest tracks in the U.S. and it's just the energy there is so different from other tracks so of course when you're there it's just it's even like more nerve-wracking when you're there so that was definitely like one of my big highlights yeah I remember watching that race and being like Katie, is she okay? And then you yeah, said you got know. messages, and you're like, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. The best thing was also qualifying that weekend because I had an exam on Friday, 
So I couldn't go. Oh no. Yeah. So the race was, it was a Saturday race. Qualifying was Friday. I had an exam that day. And of course, like the speedway isn't that far from my campus. So right after my exam, I was booking it to go to the speedway. But I think his qualifying started when my exam started. I were like maybe like 10 minutes before. So of course I was like, I'm, I can't even watch. So I remember I walked watched his first round thankfully he was round one in IndyCar qualifying so I got to see him go to the fast 12 and I was like already like happy and then of course they do the second groups and everything for the whole fast six and whatever but I remember I took my exam I was like okay thank god that's over and then as I was leaving the exam room I quickly turned my phone back on to check where he is and it's like fast six and I was like how'd we get here (laughs) so that that whole weekend was just it was great I loved every minute of it. So what does a race weekend look like for you? Like when you're not in school? So I'm thinking, so obviously like during the summer, like way before I even started. So essentially depending on the track. So usually ovals, they don't do a track walk. It's usually Mm -hmm. just street or road course. They'll do a track walk. So if we have to fly, we'll usually leave Wednesday, like land on Wednesday. And then obviously like Dev will go and leave Thursday. Or if it's driving wise, we'll just drive down Wednesday, like afternoon or midday. Or if he has to meet with engineers, we'll drive down early morning. So Thursday, usually they'll do like track walk. I'll sit in the bus and make TikToks out of boredom. I remember before dental school, I was still like doing, like setting up certain stuff like class wise and just getting enrollment requirements in. So I would just like work while I was there. And then Friday, Usually they'll have practice like midday, like almost like 11. So it's not crack of dawn. But everyone that's watched my videos have watched me get ready with other cars on track. Yeah. So it's almost like you can't really sleep in because you'll hear the engine start kicking on at 8 a.m. And you cannot sleep through them. They're way too loud. So you'll be up early on a Friday anyway, regardless of when your person is driving. And then Saturday, they'll usually do qualifying. Well, actually, no, Saturday, sometimes they'll do a practice again in the early morning and then qualifying that afternoon. And then, of course, the race on Sunday is typically like noon or like one o'clock. It's never really early, early. So it's definitely just back to back to back. (laughs) And do you try to like watch as many sessions as you can? Or do you just... Typically what happens is if it's too early, I know sometimes on a race weekend on Sunday, they'll have a warm up before the race. Yeah. And that can be at 9am. And I am not getting down to the track at 9am. So in certain, like in certain cases where I was still in school, I if it was an early morning, like practice or early morning, like warm up, I would have it on the TV in like our bus and watch it as I was like doing my own makeup or like I would watch it as I had to do schoolwork. But then for qualifying and obviously like for the race and for any practice that was later on and I could go, I would definitely like just be standing in the pit the whole time. But definitely standing for an hour or two hours can get really annoying. How do you, because you kind of blew up on TikTok because you're like, get ready with me videos. How the heck do you choose what outfits to wear? Like, how do you know what to pack? How do you, like, (laughs) because the only race I went to was Toronto. And even then I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to wear. How do you do it? Shed some light. Uh, literally devil agree. I pack way too much every single weekend, but in that scenario, it's also because we have so many last minute events that will just randomly happen. I remember before Long Beach, this, we were flying there Wednesday. It was Saturday, right before we were leaving. And this was when I had met David Malukas's girlfriend, Rachel. Like we, she found my TikTok. She messaged me instantly. We became like great friends. I literally love her. But oh, she was like, best. are you going to the uh, 100 Days to Indie premiere? And I was like, 
<laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean? I would like, kill them if I were you. <laughs> it definitely wasn't like the week of or the week before, but it was a decent like two weeks maybe. And I was like, there's a premiere. I need I need a dress. <laughs> Did Dev so, know and not tell you? I he knew, but he didn't know when or like if we had to go. Like he'll find out, especially like with race communication from teams, it can be very last minute. Oh, by the way, you have this appearance. By the way, you have this sponsor meeting. So everything's very last second with certain like instances in certain companies and whatever but I've learned to just bring everything in my closet I definitely do check the weather before so I need to know if it's raining I need to know if I have a long walk it's like if some like I know California and sometimes in Toronto we'll just stay at a hotel because it's really hard to like bring the bus so am I walking from the hotel like I definitely will never wear heels I do not understand how people wear heels in the paddock I've seen like even just race guests come in wedges and I'm like how are you standing and walking around I need to be in sneakers or flip-flops because no matter where I am I will be sweating <laughs> so it's definitely of gauging temperature Ga- you want to be comfortable of course but I also feel like IndyCar is so much more casual than an F1 race because of course like being an F1 fan I still follow F1 ladies closet I love seeing like what everyone's wearing and of course all the like wives and girlfriends they're freaking beautiful they come in like the cutest outfits and I'm like okay well now I want to look like that but for IndyCar you can literally come in denim shorts and everyone is casual so it's more of like you can definitely come more casual but it's fun to just like dress up your casualness Mm -hmm. if that makes sense like a comfy is how I like to do it but then of course like for Toronto when I saw Emma I wore um like a crop bandeau top and like a long skirt because of course like that was his home race so I wanted to like look better for that yeah but it started pouring oh yeah that was that was the best um I did bring dresses I have said it so many times on my TikTok I hate dresses I am not a dress person by any means I am always like if I have to wear a dress from somewhere I'll usually be like can I wear a jumpsuit because I I hate dresses for some reason but in those like few circumstances and like Indy 500 I wore a dress but I can't, I just can't get myself to wear dresses. And of course, for Toronto, I was like, I'm going to wear a dress. I'm going to see his family. I haven't seen them in so long. I'm going to look all nice and cute. And it bored. <laughs> and I was like, oh, of course. Like, this is why I don't wear dresses. If you want to do your hair, then you're like, like, I have super curly hair. So, of course, I'm like, ah, yes, the frizz. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so we've kind of talked a little bit about your get ready with me videos. Um, mm-hmm. That's obviously like how you kind of started to blow up on TikTok. But talk about like when you realize that you have a platform and like how you're using it now. Mm-hmm. So definitely I have tried to like I've made this so obvious. I fully started TikTok as a joke. Yeah. So like <laughs> my first video to ever go viral was me making fun of the fact that because I have crippling ADHD, like super bad. I was literally making a joke about how there was a huge Adderall shortage in the U.S. So I was just trying to do schoolwork. Like in anyone that has ADHD and does take medication, you know that sometimes you just cannot get yourself to focus on one thing. So I just like made a joking TikTok about like, what exam like should I use my last pill for? And it went viral. And at that point, I was like, okay, so like maybe I'll just keep this up for fun. And I started doing videos. I didn't really gain a lot of followers. But then, of course, like once the IndyCar season started and I was just filming almost the same videos, but now in the IndyCar paddock, that's when everyone's like, wait, this is hysterical. Because, of course, like on TikTok, you think you hear get ready with me and you automatically think Alex or like she is the get ready with me girl. But then I was kind of almost doing that 
and making jokes at the same time, but like in motorsport. So then all the motorsport girlies were like, you, <laughs> I like you because you're funny. <laughs> and I feel like it's also because we're like young, like I'm, I'm still in school. I'm still just like a normal college person. So I really relate to a lot of people that started following me. And even then, like, I still read every single comment. I still reply to every single comment because I don't even see them as like anyone that follows me. I am so in denial that I even have a following on TikTok to this day because I see everyone as like friends. Like I recognize everyone's username. But I still like anytime I'm on live, I'm like, oh, my God. Hey, Dana. Like, how are you? Like, it's so weird to even like have followers on TikTok because even when I go to an in-car race and I see someone I know from TikTok, it's like, oh, my God. Hey. And like, we'll sit in chat. So it's so weird to even think that this is how I grew on TikTok because I'm still fully in denial that this is even like my life. Like I'm still in school. Like TikTok was never even a career for me. It's still just like something I do for fun. And then when you got into dentistry, then you started kind of like putting the word out about like how to get into dentistry, like how to study and stuff like that. So there's actually a bunch of girls in like medical school, dental school that do make a lot of videos similar to how my dentistry videos were. And of course, like they gain a lot of traction just from undergrads. And especially because when I was an undergrad, I like I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, I'm going to be pre-med. I want to go to medical school one day, blah, 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 blah. Obviously, this was before I even discovered dentistry. But when you first get to undergrad and you like plan like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to try to go to med school. It is so hard to gauge what the proper steps are. Like when I got to undergrad, I didn't really I've talked about before. I kind of slacked off my first two years because I was in Miami, like wanted to join a sorority, wanted to have fun, like still focused on school because in high school, I didn't really do anything. And then I got to Miami and I was like, this is great. <laughs> like, oh my God. So of course, like by junior year, I realized I have screwed up my grades so poorly because I just wasn't studying properly. I wasn't trying to do, like, I wasn't trying to fix the issues with my studying. And then by the time I became friends with my engineering classmates, who I never really spoke to beforehand, they were like, oh, I study, I shadowed this doctor. I was already in this research program. I was already doing this internship. And I sat there and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so behind. So especially for people that don't have like doctors or anyone in their family, it's so hard to gauge what the proper steps are. And that was my entire experience of not knowing what, like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Like, am I supposed to be studying for this exam while I'm also in college. So it's very confusing process, especially if you don't know how to, like, if you've never had anyone in your life that's told, like, talked to you about it. So of course, like, once I switched to dentistry, I was like, you know, I also don't want to only make racing TikToks. Like, I have a whole other life outside of the IndyCar world, because especially when I started making IndyCar TikToks, I wasn't in college. So then I was like, I'm just going to show this part of my life. And somehow, like, I gained that followers from the dental and dentistry world also. But then of course, all my motorsport girlies like, I see dentistry TikToks now because of you. And they'll tag me in like random dentistry TikToks. And it's so cute because it's just like, I wouldn't expect everyone from racing world to also love those videos, but it's so just like endearing to see that they still support me when I'm not only talking about racing. Yeah. We want to know what's going on, not just in the IndyCar side, <laughs> but like yeah. you have such a like a vibe to you where you make everyone feel like you are their best friend. And so like, it, I generally do see everyone as my best friend, which is so like cliche to think of like, Oh yeah. Like everyone on TikTok is my best friend. But I generally like even my family members, my cousin who's literally in my living room will agree. I am so in denial that there's even like, like 17 something thousand people that follow me. I still don't even like understand how that's possible 
because it seems like such a big number. But then when I see people in my comments, when I see people on my live, I recognize everyone's names. And like, even if I see them at a race and they say like, Hey, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, how are you? Like, how's your tattoo that you got? Like, <laughs> It's just so, I feel like it's like, not like a community, but it's like almost like I genuinely do like have friendships with everyone that it's just like, it's so cute. It's just like such like a like it's so I'm just grateful to even like have these people that care about my life that much. I think it is kind of a community and like mm-hmm. also like obviously Dev has you know his career and like his success in his career, but like lots of people refer to him as like your boyfriend. And I think that's, <laughs> that's so funny because it's like yeah. people do see you as like your own person, regardless of like you know who you're dating, and that's not how you gained your platform and stuff like that. And I think that's really important to know. Yeah, I also wanted to show like when I started making a lot of like the wag TikToks, that was fully just like me bringing in my typical New York sarcasm to just my whole thing with those. And I have gotten like crap for making those videos before because some people just don't understand the humor behind it, which I totally get. Like a lot of people will not understand stupid American humor and fair enough. I don't blame you. It's ridiculous. But I started making those because especially with like like everything I dealt with in undergrad of how hard it is to even like be a woman going into a STEM field and of course everyone's like women in STEM but like you can say it and then once you actually experience it like we would make I remember in random group projects in random group engineering projects my name my name would always be last but I did so much work like just random stuff of just being a woman trying to go into a a male-dominated field it just like everyone in that like situation you know what I'm talking about and of course when you think of the race car wags it's like oh like the beautiful models the beautiful influencers like we all love the f1 wag so it's like such a glorified like ideology of women that you don't really uh, you don't really expect everyone to be like typical college student of course like the indycar world is so much different from f1 but a lot of us in indycar are still in school we're all just like typical normal girls that just happen to be dating people in motorsport but I felt I thought it was really important to show how it's so easy to just assume that if a woman was dating or married to an athlete and especially a professional athlete, it's just, oh, they just sit there and like they get to go shopping and have nice lives and we don't really do anything. But that's where my day in the life as a Negro driver's girlfriend came. And of course, that whole series is just sarcasm. And it just became like this running joke that everyone loved to see because it was an almost like spend the day with me. Like it was a day to day life. But of course, I don't voluntarily want to feed Dev uh, Captain Crunch for breakfast. Like that's not what I want. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's where you get your like relatable qualities. It's just like you are in school, you're a college student. I'm a college student. It's like I that's kind of how I, you know, relate to you. Um, when's the first time someone recognized you on track? Do you remember? Because someone recognized Emma in Toronto and I was kind of like, oh did is this like the start of something weird it is such a weird experience the first time I don't remember exactly where I was but I remember like as it of course like the TikTok platform of mine grew I remember like I would get comments of people like now I see them a lot but when I first started seeing comments like oh my gosh are you gonna be here like I'm coming to this race I was like oh yeah like come meet me and for me it was more like oh yeah like I have someone to hang out with because especially like Calamila to her friend Kate we're like ride or die I'm so close with her but she lives in Italy so she can't come to every IndyCar race yeah. and Rachel was still in school so because she's a year younger than me so she was still in college I couldn't see her 
So I was spending a lot of race weekends by myself or just hanging out with Dev's family. So when my TikTok friends would be like, I'm coming to a race weekend, like, are you here? It was really for me like, oh my gosh, I have a friend to hang out with. And I'd like go see them, like they'd find me at the driver signing and I would just be standing there. But it's weird when someone's like, oh, can I take a picture with you? And for me, I was like, oh yeah, like I'll take selfies with you. Like, I don't care. Like bust out Snapchat, I don't care. But it's more of when someone like takes a picture with you, like they're like, they want to take pictures of you as like, because they're your fan. And for me, it's just like, oh, like we're just a couple of besties watching, watching the driver signings together. So it's definitely such a weird experience. Like the first time someone's like, oh my gosh, you're Katie. And I'm like, what <laughs> me <laughs> like it's so weird the first time but like now I've kind of like when I see people they're like oh my god can I take a picture with you of course I'm like yeah like totally like I I definitely don't mind I love when people come up to me and say hi to me and it actually like breaks my heart when people are like oh I saw you but didn't want to like come bother you I'm like please I'm not doing anything I'm probably staring and watching TikToks on my phone if I'm standing <laughs> by myself like, please come bother me and talk to me so would you say Kate and Rachel are the two that you like would hang out with the most when they're on track yeah like we're yeah. Super, of course like dev and callum are best friends they've known each other for so long so we i remember i met kate at the last indy 500 because of course callum and dev were rookies together so it was kate's first time there it was my first time there love that we have very similar names so it just mm-hmm. was a match made in heaven but we're so similar so of course i became close with her so quickly Calm and Deb were always together. So we naturally were just always together. We all went to the Bahamas together and it was just, we've been literally like attached ever since. And then finally meeting Rachel, it was just like another, another, yeah. she's great. I I don't get to see her as often because she still lives in California and is still in school. But when I see her, it's just like, I've missed you. <laughs> we love to meet Kate and Rachel. We have kind of interacted with Rachel a bit. Um, Kate, not really, but we love to meet both of them because we feel like we'd all be besties. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they're they're awesome, especially because like all three of us are still in school. It's so like everyone relates to each other. Like we all have homework. Kate is still studying engineering, so she is working overtime. Rachel's still studying in college, so it's very much like we all have the same life. It's not we're so similar in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not trying to like you're not pretending to be anyone else like you're just yeah. yeah it's like oh you have a thousand assignments me too like Kate has come to my apartment before when they after Indie GP when she was still here before I think she went to when we went to Gateway she was still here and she literally came over and we just studied in my room because she had engineering work and I was like fair enough I have an exam <laughs> I do have a Jersey Shore game I'd love to play with you do you think we're ready for that I don't know anything about Jersey Shore. I've never watched a single episode of my life. I know. I'm so sorry. I've literally tried to get Dev to watch Jersey Shore so many times. And every single time he watches it, he goes, that's not Italian. And I said, this is my Italian. This is, I'm not even from Jersey, but the New York, like specifically Long Island, how everyone like makes fun of my accent. Long Island Italian, like I'm not even Italian at all, but my entire town was. So all of my friends would make Sunday meals with their nonas. Like I would see everyone making Italian food. So this is literally what I grew up with. I'm like, this is my Italian. And he would go, no, it's not. That's so funny because so my family is Italian. And mm-hmm. even when I watch Jersey Shore, I'm like, it's funny because they it is Italian, but like it's like a bizarre Oh, different kind of Italian. It, <laughs> it is so niche. And it the fact that it's not even like everywhere in the US. It is specifically New York, New Jersey, maybe some other northeastern states, but it's really just that one little secluded area 
of this type of specific Italian where you're going and gelling your hair, you're tanning, <laughs> you're constantly going out in like the craziest outfits. Also, I'm literally being snooky for Halloween. I have decided like that is going to be my Halloween costume. Okay. A Jersey Shore trivia game. Oh man, I'm so excited. Okay, we're going to start really easy. What does GLT stand for? Or GTL, I'm so sorry. Jim Chan G- Laundry. Em, you do not understand. I'm so sorry. I feel like I should bust out my GTL t-shirt right now. I have seen your TikTok of Annoying Dev with like Jersey Shore references. And I'm like, this is so funny and relatable. <laughs> it's so funny. I need to start making more of those because I like kind of got sidetracked and like haven't really made them since. But I remember... Oh, like when I first read, when I first did that, it was me quoting SpongeBob to him, and he was like, <laughs> "What is this? Like, what are you saying right now?" Okay, pause on this Jersey Shore short game for a second. I find it so funny that like Dev is also young, but we've talked yeah. about this. Like, he doesn't have that same Gen Z mentality as like everyone else his age. I don't get it. Like, he's <laughs> only like eight months older than me he's january of 2000 i'm september of 2000 so the age difference is not big at all but i i don't know where the disconnect is i don't know if <laughs> he was literally living in europe for majority of his life and then came back here that it's like an american niche of type of gen z humor maybe but i will only quote tiktok and vines to him and he's like what what me i had one video of me quoting memes like tiktok and vine memes nothing nothing at all <laughs> um okay what was the name of jenny's boyfriend in the first two seasons is it tom yes it is tom oh my God, i'm gonna be so disappointed if i get some of these wrong no there i i mean i kept them pretty easy but um where was season four filmed was that italy it was italy <laughs> yep you are a true jersey shore fan what is the name of the owner of the shore store and the and the landlord of the shore house danny yeah danny what the heck is a shore store well you better watch the show then you it is heaven on earth <laughs> shore, shore store i'm googling this have you been to the shore store no i've never gone to jersey shore which is crazy really? yeah and especially because like where where Long Island is, a lot of people will like after prom, like in high school, a lot of people will either go like to the Hamptons. <laughs> this thing, this yeah. looks like a tourist's nightmare. Like, I don't it know. Is. Oh, yeah, it's like a tourist store. But like the Jersey Shore itself is a bunch, it's like a giant boardwalk on the beach of just stores and bars. It literally it was like the place to go at that point of the 2000s. But a lot of kids like in high school would go like for after prom, they'd go to the Jersey Shore and like rent out a house. And it was like so cute. But because like where I was on Long Island, everyone just went to the Hamptons. But I like had this inner urge to just go and live out the Jersey Shore dream. <laughs> You're like, I'm in the Hamptons and it's beautiful and it's preppy and whatnot, but like, I'd rather be in the Jersey Shore. Yeah, I'd, I'd literally rather be doing cartwheels down the boardwalk. At, at this <laughs> um, sorry, um, I'm so sorry. You're super left, left out. But oh, what I'm was kidding. the I'm name learning. of Polly's stalker? Do you remember? <gasps> Danielle. Yes. I, Ken I put a bonus point if you can remember what she gave him as a gift. The t-shirt that says, I heart Jewish girls. Yeah. <laughs> I literally was talking about this the other day. That's so funny. You're 100% still. <laughs> okay. What phrase did Snooki keep repeating during her infamous arrest? I know. She- where's the beach? Yes. Where's the beach? 
<laughs> going, where's the beach? And she went, I'm a good person. <laughs> She's on the beach. They're like, Snooki, we're here. <laughs> um, where did the cast work when they were living in Miami and Italy? A gelato place. And then in Italy, they worked at a pizza shop. They, like, where they were, like, the reason they worked at that tourist, like, shore store is that was their way of, like, having, like, they would work there in what's the word like in return for living in the guy's house like where they were staying like these really like giant houses in return for living there and being on the show they would work at these places but it would also be like work like it would be them like fooling around at work oh Oh, yeah they never actually worked um my last one who wrote the note (gasps) jenny and snooki can you know the note offhand oh i used to but it's like ron no it was like sam um in my like he put his head between a cocktail waitress's breasts and like oh it's so funny oh it's like everyone in the house knows we thought you should too (laughs) well you are a jersey shore like (laughs) you know exactly you got all them right (laughs) i'm about to go rewatch it right now (laughs) yeah um okay tell us what you're excited for for the next season in indycar Ooh, i'm so excited just for like new beginnings of like a whole different perspective of like new starts in IndyCar I think also like now that everything's like changed around from silly season everything it's gonna just gonna be like a huge new start for so many people Mm -hmm. because obviously Dev hasn't announced anything yet for next season but we're sure it's coming any day and I'm sure it'll be just an exciting time for both of you okay just because you you get that firsthand IndyCar experience why, like, just for listeners who are mostly our F1 fans, like, why should convince them to make the switch to indie? Like, what is the biggest difference? Like, why is indie so much more exciting? Like, we talk about it, but as someone who is there at the races, like, what's your inside scoop on why these F1 fans should switch over? Well, of course, like, starting as an F1 fan, I'll, I will always still, like, know myself as, like, an original F1 fan before mm-hmm. I even discovered the car, but watching f1 it's almost so unattainable as like a watcher especially like if you're in the u.s and you can't afford to go all the way to europe or all the way to the middle east like i would love to go to abu dhabi but that's just not reality so i can especially like living in the u.s i can't even afford to go to the races here so it's so unattainable for so many people where indycar like even my friends from dental school they were talking about coming to i think a lot of them came to the indycar road course race and tickets were like 30 bucks, like 30 mm-hmm. US dollars for anyone that's like international, which for a race is so crazy. Like even paddock passes, like you can even walk around by merchandise and you'll just randomly see a driver go by on a scooter. Like yep. you can see so many people that like being in that world, especially like the first time I ever went to like an IndyCar race and seeing drivers, like especially like obviously they're devs, like friends that they he sees on a daily basis and like teammates he sees on a daily basis. But even for me, I was like, why are all the drivers here? Like, this is weird because it's not something you would ever expect in a racing world. So of course, like coming to IndyCar, it's so easy and so many fans just get, like, you don't even have to be in the paddock to even see what's going on. Like the paddock is so big and so open. There's even sections where you don't need a certain pass to just walk up and see a random car just being worked on or like bump into a driver waiting to get food in the random like food section. So it's just, it's such a different world because- in F1, you can feel like the drivers are so isolated in like the little paddock village. Where here, it's almost like, oh yeah, I saw Scotty Mac eating food in the corner over there. <laughs> like it's so different. Yeah, we we do try to get that point across as well. Like it's so it was more of like a connection. So yeah, yeah. 
it's not as like these crazy like obviously they're all professional athletes but it's very different from when you think professional athlete it's like oh yeah I just see my player like out on the field where mm-hmm. here it's like oh I see him on the track and then I saw him as I was waiting for my water <laughs> yeah anyone listening to this you know you want to see a driver come to an IndyCar race like <laughs> you will see a driver very exciting it is we constantly have different people that win each weekend it's never really yes. the same it's so different. There's always chaos that goes on. Like you will never expect what's going to happen at one race, especially the like street courses where everything is chaos. Like you could be dead last and Scott Dixon, for example, could get spun out lap one all the way to the end and then win a race. Like I don't, it is Scott Dixon is on another level. I don't understand it. Such an insane driver. Mm -hmm. I have one, one more. Okay. So you just turned 23. It was your birthday. Yes. Oh my God. Like two days ago. Happy birthday. What you went out last night. And I was like, well, hope she wakes up for the podcast tomorrow. Like (laughs) it wasn't even anything crazy. It was like, I felt bad that of course, like Indiana, like coming from the East coast, it's like anyone that knows me from the East coast will always say like, why did you go to Indiana? Like as an East coast person, (laughs) you never really expect to come to the Midwest, but like Indiana is actually so much fun. There's obviously certain areas that are just rural farm, but in Indianapolis, it's still a city. Like, there's still nightlife to go. There's still fun restaurants you can go to. So I did go out with my cousin last night. But I was fine to wake up this morning. And Deb's visiting you this weekend. Where does he usually stay in the off-season? He does still live in Miami. His family still oh. lives in Miami. And then my family moved to Naples in Florida. So, like, we're both typically Floridians. But when I, like, go home during break, I'll go see him in Miami. And then my family in Naples. But, yeah, he, def- he definitely stays in Miami. And then... I don't blame him. I, Indiana can be freezing in the winter, so I definitely don't force him to come in the snow. Well, we're from Canada, so we're no strangers to, you know, snow. and Yeah, neither so, is he. I have a funny question to ask you. This might be embarrassing. You went to Miami. Is that not where Alex Earl went? Yes. Did you ever meet her? No. She is the great below me. Everyone always asks me this, especially like when I came to Indiana and I met all my dental school friends. They were like, everyone goes, oh, where'd you go to undergrad? And I would say 90% of, not not even 90, 95% of my dental school class is either from Indiana and went to college in Indiana or actually, no, yes. Or like went like from Indiana and then went to college, like right outside in Indiana, like in the neighboring states. So almost, I think there's only two, like four, like two to four of us that are actually from the East Coast, maybe one from, I don't even know if anyone's from the West Coast. But as soon as I said I went to Miami, everyone was like, do you know Alex Earl? (laughs) But he was the grade below me. So um, I know like she's talked about her whole sorority experience on her page. I was in one of the sororities that did blacklist her. I never knew why. No one ever knew why. Whoever was in charge of that will, will obviously made that decision, but I never got to meet her. But I know like we have mutual friends and like I know the younger, like that grade below me of the girls that knew her. And she has always... Like, no one has ever said she was a mean person. Like, I've only ever heard nice things about her. That's why so many people fell in love with her, because she's so authentic on the internet. And, like, what you see on her TikTok is how she is in person. So she's so nice. She still is, like, an insane party girl. But that's, like, what everyone loves. Like, she's just such a genuine person. And, like, I kind of wish I met her, because obviously she's, like, a great girl. Like, she's super nice. I never knew, like, what happened with her whole sorority experience. But I never enjoyed my sorority experience either. So, like, fair enough to her. Did you apply to any other dentistry schools or just in Indiana? Um, I It's actually crazy. There's like usually people will apply to maybe like 10, which is still a lot because I don't really know how it works internationally and in, like in other countries. 
But in the U.S., you pay for every single school you apply to. So I applied to 18. And it's like, it's like, like, isn't it like 70 bucks every time you apply? No, it's like a couple hundred for oh like, like your first applications. So I know, I know someone that applied to like 30, which is crazy. And then like some people only apply to two. Some people only apply to one. So applying to 18 was obviously like insane. And then you do a second application after that, which is literally like make a student account on our website and then pay us $75. And then, like, you won't hear from them. So, like, even the schools that I either didn't hear back from or didn't get into, they, like, just took my money. <laughs> that's actually crazy. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> that's education in the States. That's literally why I went to school in Minnesota, because where I live, I can pay local student fees instead of international student fees, because international would have been, like, oh, what crazy. you pay times, like, 50. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, Katie, we wish you the best of luck with dental school um and navigating the 2024 indy season we along with a lot of our followers will be following along with you watching your get ready with me videos um and if you see katie in the paddock go and say hi to her she needs someone to watch the races with this is katie we are track talk thank you so much for listening and we will be back next week